chapter 1. It's good to see you tonight on a Wednesday night. It's so good to see you. Good to have you here. Amen. How many of you sacrificed coming tonight? You, you, had to lay some, you had to lay something down. It was either your flesh or maybe it was dinner or maybe it was homework or a shower or brushing your teeth. That's all right. We're all family in here. Amen. You know, it's good when it's a sacrifice sometimes. Amen. When you, you had to give up something to be here, and so you're going to make sure you get something before you leave, right? I'm not leaving here the same way I came in. I'm not leaving here until I get my stuff. I came here to get something. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, and I am going to find my notes in here somewhere I'm just talking to fill time fill the quietness first Peter chapter 1 we're going to start with verse 3 it says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy according to his mercy I love that word according to it's in the Bible a lot Peter and Paul, Jesus, they use this word a lot. It's according to. That means the measure that they have, not what you have. You know, sometimes we feel like we're coming to Jesus out of our need, and we forget that we're coming to Jesus out of his ability to fulfill the need. You know, you ever been in a position where you needed something, and even while you're asking from somebody that you know has it, you feel like you're still behind, like maybe I'm not going to get it, because it's, you're still living out of the insufficiency that you have. But according to means according to him, what he has available. It says, according to his mercy, abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He's talking about the end when that, you know, I'm waiting for that salvation. We obviously know we've received salvation when we accepted Jesus as the Lord, made Jesus the Lord of our life, confessed Jesus to be our Lord. But he's talking about the salvation at the end. We're always trying to get to the end of something, you know. But it says here, it says, in this greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. And this is where a lot of us are. A lot of us are in the though now for a little while. We know there's something great on the other side. We know there's something great that needs to be achieved. We know there's something great that we're coming to. But though now for a little while. He says, greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, mm. that uh, various trials, that the genuineness of your faith. Did you know you can have fake faith? Yeah, faith is not real. But he says the genuineness of your faith, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fout, by fire, though it is tested by fire, may be found. To praise, honor, 
and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even though now for a little while I'm in the midst of a trial. The title of my message tonight is On Trial. On Trial. You know, I've discovered this about trials in our lives that... And we know Jesus even said this in, uh, you know, when he was on the earth, he said trials are going to come, right? We all know that. Trials are inevitable. But I've discovered there are two types of trials that come to the life of a believer. First, there's the trial where we get outside of following God's will. I mean, you know, there's a trial that shows up when we don't do what God's commanded, when we're not quick to obey, when when we've kind of strayed away or we've gotten outside of his alignment, trials show up. And we've got to be careful uh, as a church that we don't blame the devil for everything and we don't blame God for everything. We, you can blame God for stuff too. And so when trials show up, you know, I, I grew up in churches that, you know, we blame the devil for everything, man. There was a spirit for everything. I mean, if... if if, if you ate a donut that you didn't want to eat, it was the spirit of the donut came on me. That donut spirit just came over me and just overtook me, right? There's those donut spirits. Uh, you know, there's a cussing spirit. Uh, there, there's a, a, a lack spirit. I mean, we, we just, you know, we had spirits for all of it. And there are spiritual things. Don't get me wrong. There are spiritual oppressions that can come upon people. But, you know, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to look internally. Have I missed it? Have I messed up? Lord, show me. Have I gotten out of alignment? What do I need to adjust? It might be a small thing. It might be a big thing. But it would just be better for us to just shut down our pride for a second and say, God, humble me. Whatever it is that I need to get into alignment, you show it to me. You reveal it to me. But So we've always got to be looking inward when we get into a trial. But then there are trials that come to those that are following God. There are trials that come to us as a result of being smack dab in the will of God, being right in the middle of it. I mean, God, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. When you look in in the word of God to people that love God, serve God, gave themselves to follow God's plan or God's will for their life, uh, not one of them uh, got through scot-free, didn't have to go through any trial. Not one of them uh, was able to just live a life and just, man, I mean, you know, you need to be cool like me because I'm obeying God. I'm in God's will and, and nothing's happening to me. I mean, everything's great. There's always money in the bank. Everybody loves me. Uh, I get along with everybody. I always have what I need. Uh, I even have stuff I don't need. I mean, you look at Moses. You look at Abraham. You look at Joseph. Uh, uh, Joseph's a fun one to look at because it was just his life was on trial, Right. I mean, doing exactly, I mean, what did the guy do wrong? And yet everywhere he turns, as soon as it starts to go up, he gets put right back down again. And so I want to talk about uh, not necessarily uh, 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 how to, I want to talk about overcoming a trial, but I think it looks a little different than what overcoming might look like to us. And so I want to finish this here, 1 Peter Chapter 1, and look at this. Uh, Let's go back to verse 7. It says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Do you know that your faith has to be tested? 
Faith has to be tested. Faith that isn't tested isn't proven. Faith that isn't tested doesn't grow. Faith that isn't put to the test. It's like one of those you can say you know it up until you're actually quizzed or tested on it, and then we find out, do you really know it? We can say we have faith all day long, but the faith has to be put to the test. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to what? To praise, to honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. Even though I don't see it, I know it's there. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. The end of your faith. The end of your faith. So we got started in faith, but now he's saying that we need to receive the end of our faith. There was the beginning, but then how do we finish the test? How do we finish the trial? How do we finish our faith? We know the Bible tells us that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. There's a completion that has to take place when we're walking and living for God. There's a completion that has to take place. We've got to learn how to finish this thing. And so we've got to discover what these trials are doing. Now, first of all, we need to know this. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. We should all know this verse. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Look at that. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, I find it interesting that it does not say no weapon shall be formed against you. It doesn't say that you'll go through life without weapons being formed against you. It just goes ahead and lets you know, even though weapons are formed against you, even even though opposition and struggles and trials show up in your life, that does not mean they have to be successful in accomplishing or opposing you. That does not have to be successful in stopping you from completing the assignment that God's given you. There is opposition. There is opposition. Even though the devil knows that he's defeated, even though he knows the battle is over, it's already been won. If he can stop you, and see, there's the key. Because when you stop, you don't finish. When you stop what you start, you don't finish what you started. We should never start something without the desire or, or, or the, the eagerness to complete or finish. But then trials show up. It doesn't matter what you do for God. It doesn't matter what you put your faith out there for. There is, you just need to get it down that there will always be a trial or opposition that will try to sway you, deter you, stop you from accomplishing God's will for your life. The trials will come. Whether by our own faults and mistakes that we correct, get in alignment, and we straighten that out, or just by the sheer fact that we're on a path that someone doesn't want us on. Now, God isn't putting, isn't bringing the trials. He's not the author of trials. He's not the author. He allows them to prove your faith and prove your trust in him. 
But there's a difference between allowing something and authoring something. And the devil is the one that wants to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil is the one that does not want you to finish that which you started. The devil is the one that comes up with the trials and the tests in life. But we need to know how to overcome these things. So it doesn't say that the weapon won't be formed. It simply says that the weapon will not be successful in defeating you. So that tells me this then. That tells me this. If I can't be defeated from the outside, then the only way I can be defeated is from the inside. See, doesn't it make everything simpler when you know what you're fighting? And doesn't that make everything so much easier when I recognize, wow, I'm not, the, the devil cannot stop the course that I'm on. There's nothing he can put against me. There's nothing, there's no roadblock he can place in my life that can keep me from achieving or fulfilling my purpose. I don't know about you, but uh, there may be someone in this room today that you feel like there's a roadblock in the way and you feel like if I don't overcome this or if this thing doesn't get out of the way, I'm not going to be able to finish. And I want to tell you right now that God is not in the business of removing trials and tests in your life. Oh, I know that's not what you came to hear on a Wednesday night. Pastor Mara, you don't know what I did to get here. You don't know what I'm going through. And you're going to tell me that God's not going to remove this problem? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Jimmy, I'm going to kind of work backwards here. We're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And then we're going to back up into what prefaces that, what comes in front of that. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse... Let's start with verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Paul says this, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. He had to ask God three times, take this thing away from me. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will, re- I will, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. That's one thing we probably haven't tried yet. We probably haven't tried actually taking pleasure in the infirmity. We've just been complaining about it. But he says, I take pleasure in the infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. If anybody in the Bible knew test and trial, it was Mr. Paul. It was Paul. Now, Paul was in the business of stopping Christians. He was the weapon formed against you that cannot prosper. He, he took on that title. He said, it is my duty. I am going to make it my sole desire 
to get rid of every person that proclaims the name of Jesus. Getting rid of them. I'm moving them out. I am taking care of business. They don't belong here. This Jesus guy, he never really existed. He's not the son of God. He did not die. He was not crucified. And he did not rise again. He's just a lunatic that called himself the son of God. And now he's got all these followers. I'm going to make sure I get rid of all of them. Their message ends with me. He was the one stopping them. And if you recall, going back to Acts chapter 9, uh, you know, God tells Paul that you're going to suffer many things for my sake. He lets them know. Uh, the, the, the same thing, the same oppression you've been bringing to my people, you're about to feel the brunt of it now yourself. You're going to go, you're going to proclaim my name, but there's going to be trials and tests. And backing up here to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, this is what comes before. The, my grace is sufficient for you. Starting with verse 22, he gives his rap sheet. He gives his resume here. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently in deaths, I mean, you, when you get to the death status, dude, you all by yourself on that one. I've died and I've come back. I've died more than you. Yeah, you got me there, man. You have died more than me because I haven't died yet. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the, in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, among false brethren. I mean, he's listening at all. Verse 27, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. All you feeling better now, aren't you? You're thinking, okay, I'll go back to my job and deal with my crazy coworkers and deal with the boss that doesn't like me and, and deal with all this stuff. You know, my credit card debt isn't that bad. I, 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 can, I can get out. I mean, all of a sudden, our struggles just don't even seem like nothing. This guy died. He's got us beat. But leading out of this, there was one thing that he recognized. There's trials. There's tests. But none of them can stop me. Over in Acts chapter uh, uh, 20, I believe it is, uh, he's talking a little bit about the persecution that he's undergoing and, and the people the guys that are coming in behind him, the Judaizers that are coming in behind him and trying to sway. I mean, that's terrible. You're preaching, you're proclaiming the good news, and then somebody comes behind you and is trying to change everybody's mind and just, uh, you know, saying, hey, don't listen to this guy. He's crazy. That's all you need. And he says, but none of this moved me. None of this moved me, he says. How do we get to a position in the midst of trials and, and tests where we can say, but none of this moves me. 
There's only one way to overcome a trial. There's only one way to overcome a trial. You can't shortcut a trial. You can't go around a trial. And God won't remove a trial. There is only one way you overcome a trial. You finish it. You complete it. You go through the trial. And you come out on the other side better than you were when you went in. As believers, we're not here to try to get out or avoid or or circumvent every test and every trial that comes in our life. Trials will come. Tests will come. But they're only there to to prove your trust and your faith in God. And the only way you finish or the only way you overcome and defeat a trial is if you go through it, is if you finish it. On the flip side of that, the only way you lose, remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The only way you lose is if you quit. It's all on us. It's all on us. It's all our responsibility how we come out of this thing. Paul recognized here all these things that I've been through, and the only thing that I can do is finish. He says this. After all he says those things, he wraps it up with this uh, in, in verse 28. He says, besides the other things, all the things I just listed, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. My deep concern for all the churches. What do you do in the midst of a trial? What do you do in the midst of a test? You keep doing what you were doing before you got in it. You keep doing it. See, a lot of times we get in these trials and we think, oh, I got to change this. I got to do this. God, are you, are you really directing me? God, are you really calling me? Man, if I was following God, it wouldn't be so hard. If I was following God, I'd have a better job. If I was really in God's will, I'd be getting better pay. If I was really following God, then my wife or my husband would be doing this. And so we, we're the ones that get, uh, you know, out of sorts. And he's saying, you just keep doing what you're doing and you go through the trial. You don't get out of the trial. You finish it. You keep enduring and persevering through the trial. Through the trial. God's response to Paul in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, he says, my grace is sufficient, is enough for you. Let's look at that verse again. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. And then watch this. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, if God was going to get you out of the trial, if God was just going to 
oh, man, I didn't realize there was a trial there. Hold on, let me, let me take care of this. Let me get rid of that mountain, and let me pull you, and let me put you over here. Let me get you that job that you've been believing for. And let, me, you know, let me just you know, put some money in your bank account for you. And, and, and you know what, let's just get you a, a, a different spouse. And, uh, and you're having trouble with your kids. You know, let's, let's, uh, we'll, we'll fix that. No, he doesn't do that. What does he say? He says, my strength, my strength. Well, you don't need strength if you're not going to stay in it. You don't need his strength if he's going to pull you out of it. He says, my strength will do what? Get you through it. It's time we quit praying to God to remove this and remove that. And we start saying, God, I thank you that you give me the strength to endure it, to endure what's going on in my life, to persevere in the midst of all the stuff that's trying to make you, that's trying to make you quit. The test is designed to do one thing, make you quit. Make you quit. It's trying to cause you to sit down, give up, throw in the cards and say, I'm done. I'm done. The armor of God is given to us so we can withstand. And when we've done all to stand... Stand, therefore, he says. You keep standing. How long do I stand? I keep standing. I keep pushing. I keep enduring. I keep persevering. I keep moving forward until I get my answer, until I get my breakthrough. You want to talk about someone that prayed about God's will for his life? Let's talk about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Somebody showed this. To me just today, just in conversation. It's interesting, the, the, the things that we pray about to God. Remember, prayer is just dialogue. How many of you ever talked to God and you didn't get on your hands and knees? You're just like, God, I need... God. That's prayer. That's dialogue. You're having communication with God. And, and Jesus is just having dialogue here with his Father. And he says, if there is any way... For this cup, what's the cup? The test, the trial. If there's any way for this cup to pass from me, let it be. But then he finishes with, not my will, your will be done. And he didn't pray about it again. Quit praying about the trial that God has already told you, I want you to finish it. I'm not taking it away. See, you know, as believers, we just think God's just going to swoop in and save us and take everything. And God's saying, no, I need you to finish. I need to know, do you have it within you? Are you going to complete that which you've started? He says, uh, uh, Peter says there in 1 Peter, he says, the end of your faith. The end of your faith. Keep doing what you were doing. When you started. See, when we started, we're all excited, right? We're believing God for something. When we get started, man, we're excited. And then, boom, trial shows up. Boom, test shows up. And now we're not, not as excited anymore. And we start questioning some things. And we start, you know, worrying on the inside. And some doubt and unbelief starts to show up. And we, we start, you know, thinking, well, maybe I need to change this. Or maybe I need to do that. Or maybe I'm not supposed to go. And God said, no, 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 no. The same excitement that you had at the beginning... 
We've got to keep rejoicing all the way through. You remember James? He says, when you, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your what? Faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work. And he goes on. What's the deal there? We've got to count it joy. Don't get less excited when the trial shows up than you were before we got started. When you lose your joy, you lose your motivation to press on. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. But if you don't keep the joy, you lose your strength and you quit. You quit things that you don't think you can overcome. You don't quit things that you know on the inside. You know, I could finish this. I just don't feel like it. Hopefully not. Why do we quit? We quit because we think the end is not achievable from where I currently am with what I currently have. I cannot accomplish what's at the end. This ought to energize somebody. Somebody, your Thursday and your Friday is going to thank you because of this message tonight because you're enduring a trial and you're enduring a test and you know that when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to be smack dab with that test right in front of me again. And you've been praying to God and saying, God, remove this thing from me. God, get this thing out of my way. God, I can't go on anymore. And he's saying, finish. Finish. Jesus on the cross, he said these three words. He said, it is finished. He completed that which he started. And the exciting thing about it is we have God's word on it that God is a finisher. God never quits what he started. So if he sets you on the course, he's going to finish all the way up until the end. And all you got to do is just endure. And all you got to do is just stay in your course. And all you got to do is just stay in your lane and just continue to persevere. And God, I know it's hard. God, I know there's pressure on all sides, but I'm going to keep moving towards. As long as you keep moving, you cannot be stopped. When we quit moving, we start losing. Movement. Movement. I keep, I'm going to stand in faith. I'm going to keep believing God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what they're saying. I am standing because my faith is being tested. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But sometimes we form weapons of our own on the inside. The only thing... The test cannot take you out. The trial cannot take you out. Only you can take you out. Only you have the power to stop you. Your friends don't. Your parents don't. Your kids don't. Your spouse doesn't. Your job doesn't. Don't give them the power to pull you out of what God's called you to do. They do not possess that power over your life. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter what the paycheck says. Nothing can stop you except you. You're the only one that can pull you out. You're the only one that can disqualify yourself. The trial is designed to make you quit. But God is looking for people that will finish what's been started.
Chase, if you come up. We, we got to be finishers. We've got to complete what we've started out doing. Guys, there's trials, there's tests, there's, there's opposition that comes. You know, uh, we, we, we ministered about this in our immovable series that the church thrives under pressure. The church has always historically proven to get stronger. Why is that? Because we are the church of the living God. We are the church that when we become weak, he's strong. Notice here that he doesn't tell Paul, well, suck it up. Notice here he doesn't tell Paul, well, where's your strength at? Your weakling? He's saying, I know you can't do it. So rely on my strength. Rely on me. I'll get you through this. I'll get you through. A lot of times we we think that we're going to get out of the trial and we don't have to do anything about it. God's going to make it happen. A lot of times we think that the trial is just going to disappear. Everything's just going to open up. And look, God is a God that can do amazing things. But he moves on the behalf of people that move according to his spirit. That keep moving according to his will. Don't let it shut you down. Don't let it shatter you. Don't let it reduce your hope and and limit your faith. Take the strength of God, the joy that's on the inside. Sometimes you're just going to have to make yourself be joyful. Sometimes you're just going to have to make yourself laugh. Sometimes you're just going to have to rejoice. Sometimes you're just going to have to throw your hands in the air in, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what I see, in spite of how I feel. Sometimes you're just going to have to do an outward action that does not uh, uh, reflect anything that you're feeling on the inside. And we just get happy. We just get excited. I'm not finishing this by myself, but I am going to finish. I am going to complete. I am going to accomplish. I am going to endure to the end. Jesus said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Shall be saved. Father, we thank you this evening. And we are finishers. We have the nature of God inside of us. And God, you're a finisher. You don't complete or you don't start anything without having a completion to it. You don't start anything that you don't mean to end, finish, and complete. So, Father, I thank you that tonight, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tests, we rely on you. We rely on your strength, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Father, we don't try to do it on our own. We don't try to figure it out on our own. But it's not by might. It's not by power. It is by your spirit. So, Father, we rely on you today. We rely on your Holy Spirit. We rely on the strengthening, the equipping of God on the inside. We have the responsibility. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can shake us. Nothing can move us. There's no test. There's no trial. There's no job. There's no amount of money. There's no boss. There's no co-worker. There's no issue or struggle in life that can stop us. So we rely on your strength. We place our faith, our hope, and our trust in you. Knowing that you will help us get to the end. Get us through the trial. Not around it, not over it, but through it. 
Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.